0: Demystifying the Role of the Network Engineer with Carl Zellers, Episode 77. Welcome back, my friends, nerds, geeks, and ziglets out there. We have another episode of the ZigBits Network Design Podcast, where zigabytes are faster than gigabytes. As always, we strive to provide real-world context around technology. I'm Zig Ziga, and I'm your host today. Uh, and today we have an interesting show, another Demystifying the Role of the Network Engineer. It is episode 77, and I'm joined with my friend, Carl Zellers. And Carl comes from the community that we've kind of been in together the last couple months, the Art of Network Engineering community. Um, so if you don't know about that community, I will put some direct links in the show notes for you to go and join that community, get in that Discord server, talk to everyone that's all working on Different journeys, different certification journeys, different career journeys, and really, it is truly a community to get together and help each other. So, if you haven't heard about that, I like to pitch it at the beginning here to go and jump on their their Discord server, and I will have links to that Discord server um, in the show notes. But enough of that. Carl, thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it, buddy. How are you doing?
1: And pretty good. How about you? I'm doing hey, great. Good question. Yeah. What's up? How much? How much would it cost me to get a Zigabit? internet connection at my house. This is like a bit. Um yeah,
0: so I'm I'm the only one, man. I'm it it's just me. Yep. No, uh I don't think it exists. So we can't we can't. Yeah, no, it doesn't exist. It's just uh No, that's if that's a does, good question.
1: Yeah, <laughs> let me know. I'll be the be the first one to call, so
0: no, that's awesome. I like it. That was a good way of saying <laughs> that. So, um, you know, I like to play on words, right? So Zigabits are faster than gigabytes. Um, yeah, I like it. I, I, never, I never really put that in perspective, though. You put me on the spot, and that's awesome. Um, I'll have to think about <laughs> a good, a good data rate for that.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll do it.
0: that that was great man yeah so no i'm doing good thanks for asking i appreciate it and again i appreciate you spending some time with me today and having a conversation about the network engineer role and then also your kind of your journey your experience and whatnot
1: yeah for sure man living it learning it experiencing it everything
0: everything right it's all all
1: all at once every day it's never it's it's kind of all three in my in my opinion every day living living it learning it and, and just existing in it so
0: Hey, that's a really good outlook. I think honestly, that's a really good, um, real outlook. You know, I think, and we're going to dive into some stuff that we didn't even talk about. And and like I've been telling everyone, we don't script this. This is we do like high level bullets, but we don't script anything. So we go off flat, off, off lib. No, what is it? Ad hoc. Whatever the wording is, man. I'm I'm bad. <laughs> um, but we go ad hoc all the time because that's what yeah. matters here. Um, <laughs> but I think you said something that I think is actually kind of cool. Is that like you're being real, right? And I think a lot of people potentially that I've dealt with in this industry are not real. They they kind of fake it. They kind of have a an outward appearance to things. And the reality reality they're not they're not being real. They're not okay. They're not living in it and dealing with it and enjoying it. So I think that's a good outlook.
1: Yep, yep. Yeah. Living it living it is kind of um, you know, owning up to the credentials and, and the experiences and, and you know that's the that's the part where it's you're on the hook. The keys are in your hand. You're driving the brake fix. You're driving the ticket. You're driving the call. That sort of thing. The, you know, the learning it is is it doesn't matter. You know, if you've been a network engineer, analyst, architect for a day, a week, a month, a year, uh, you'd better be prepared to learn every day. So that's the learning it part. And experience is just kind of having fun. You know, the the Discord and talking to other engineers and and that sort of thing. So that's kind of how I see it. That's kind of how you know I get I get maybe mixed uh, or varying degrees of those kind of three things every day. But, you know, hopefully I see at least a small percentage of each one every day. So
0: that's good. I look forward to If you're not having fun though, like what are you doing? Exactly. Right. Like like I, I added the, these, these demystifying the role series, right. Because I'm like, I want to help people find the right role. I want them to have fun. You know, like I want yeah. them to love what they do. And I mean, you're not going to love everything you do, right? Like that's not, you're not going to, you're not going to have a job that you love every single task you have to do on an everyday basis. But mm-hmm. if you can love the majority of the things you do in a job, I mean, like, I mean, I love my day job. And for those that don't know, I work at Cisco and that's my day job, Right. I had to do some training today that came out of nowhere, and it's compliance training. I don't want to do this training, right? I hate doing these trainings. It gets in the way. It gets in the way of the stuff that we want to do. Exactly. It, you know, but you got to do it. So, just saying, like, you have to, you have to love what you do. You have to like it. You have to have fun with it every day. Hundred percent. We're already starting out with like life lessons and stuff, man. So. <laughs> So let's talk about, like, a little bit about you. Um, yeah. Maybe we can go into some of your experience, right? I, I, I heard from a, a bird, um, a friend bird here, that, uh, <laughs> sorry, that was really bad, um, <laughs> um, that you worked at FedEx for a little bit, right, before in a totally different field. Um, so let's go into kind of your background and and where you started and how you got into IT. All
1: right, let's do this. So so here here's the deal. I am one of the people that, you know, throughout, throughout high school and in those early college years, uh, didn't really have, you know, I didn't really have much of a grasp of technology. It was sort of a, um, uh, a far off abstract concept to me. Uh, you know, I had a couple typing classes and stuff and, you know, knew how to use like a, a word editor, but, um, it wasn't, it just wasn't, it's not that it didn't interest me. I ju- it just, I wasn't really aware of it. It wasn't really on my radar. So uh finished high school um started in college uh community college didn't really know what i wanted to do so uh went in took some general ed stuff for a year or so um was working fedex the whole time after after high school so was taking classes general ed stuff you know am i going to transfer one day i don't know um you know just kind of meeting meeting those requirements the basic requirement always be moving forward right don't Take steps back, you know, try not to flounder too much or, you know, so just trying to move forward. So I did, um, with varying levels of success and, and interest. So, uh, eventually I, you know, it got to the point where I needed to kind of pick something and, and go that direction. So I'd initially gotten an associate's degree in construction management and estimation. I love building stuff. I love working with my hands, you know, how things work, that sort of thing. So, kind of felt natural, did it. Um, got a, got a, like, I guess, I guess it was an internship. It was really kind of a a partnership with the school that was a paid position. Um, in addition to continuing school and working at FedEx at night. Um, and I realized I, I kinda, I don't know, I, I, it just, it didn't do much for me. So I thought, well, let's, let's kind of rethink this. So I still had all these, these amazing opportunities afforded to me. Uh, you know, I could still keep going to community college and FedEx was paying, you know, doing tuition reimbursement at the time. And I had, you know, a job that made me money. Um, so I kind of took a step back from that professionally, meaning I kind of left that, that, that role that I was in, stayed home with FedEx, went back to school. Um, Yep, kind of dipped around oh. through the uh, through the um, what do you call general ed stuff again, you know, for a couple semesters, trying to figure it out, and um, started started looking into kind of the aviation stuff. Since I was working, I was working at the airport at the time, and you know, I thought maybe I can make a career out of this. So, what I normally do, I, I next thing I takes I enroll in some classes, take some classes, you know, see if I like it, and then I'll finish whatever program is is out in front of me. Um, that one I didn't finish. I, I did one semester, um, and kind of got my, I don't want to say, I shouldn't say got my head on straight. The airline industry seems kind of volatile. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're, they're, you know, airlines are trading hands every, every five minutes. So I thought, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe something else. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so
0: I mean, you went from construction, right. Yeah. Yep, yep. Airline. Right.
1: Well, it was basically it was a program to get an AMP, which is airframe power plant, which is the the technician side of, of, uh, of, uh, aviation. So maintenance essentially.
0: Okay. And then now you work in a a
1: practical, (laughs) yeah. A practical thing working with your hands, you know, the uh, troubleshooting problems, a a system of how things work, whether it be electronics or software or, uh, aerodynamic, It, it, it didn't matter. It was, you know, here's, here's kind of like this system this thing this set of processes that work in conjunction with physics or with you know carpentry or wh- whatever it is so i i like that's where my mind goes and that's kind of where i try to stay right so you know fast forward a couple couple semesters then i start thinking well you know i, I started in like a, a management program with fedex and But, you know, I don't know, maybe maybe I just get a bachelor's in business and kind of carve out a career here because I'd already put in about four or five years at the time and, you know, was kind of feeling the weight of my seniority and felt good about that and good company, big company, stable company those are kind of three really big things when you kind of don't know what you want to do and you have that, that's sort of a, you know, that's, that's huge. Attractive. Yeah. I and mean, that's huge. Yeah. I mean, so
0: you've been there for five years or so, yeah. you're, you know, your momentum's you're, gaining. Yeah. yeah.
1: You're yeah. 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 You know, so,
0: management level eventually then director VP, you know, it all happened. A,
1: yeah. That's, that's, that's all on the horizon, right? Yeah. But and was it what a, you
0: wanted to do though? That's the question.
1: Yeah. 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 And that, that's, so that's, you know, you start thinking about, well, one day I want to get married, have kids, you know, have a life. And, you know, what, what kind of, what kind of career, what kind of, what kind of business, what kind of industry, what kind of thing like mental capacity do I want to expend every day or be a part of that allows me to still have, you know, a really good family life and a lot of freedom and a lot of um, um, physicality left, I guess you'd say, yeah, that, yeah, you know, yeah. so this is a hard job, man. So, well, you know, I body can't intense, start thinking, right? it's yeah, hard on oh, your yeah, body. Yeah. Yeah, later on, I, I became a courier and was doing the, you know, in and out of the truck every day for a couple hundred miles, dropping packages and stuff. Man. And fun. Kept me in great shape. Kept my mind sharp. Was always thinking. Real efficiency kind of uh, thoughts and, you know. So, again, all still moving forward. That's yeah, the theme. Yeah. Like, always moving forward. Um, it's okay to have plans. It's okay to have, you know, thoughts about other, you know, should I go this way? Should I go that way? But, you know, at the time, at the time we're talking right now, relatively, it's, it's like early twenties, you know, friends are graduating college. People are starting to really, you know, hit stride and careers and stuff. And I'm kind of sitting here with a, a little bit out in front of me, but you know, not, not a solid, solid plan. So, uh, yeah. So I, I start thinking, you know, um, maybe there's something else out there. And, And a good friend of mine was doing a computer science degree at the time. And, uh, uh, he, a uh, roommate of mine. And it got me thinking again, you know, Hey, this it stuff, this, this computer science stuff, like what he's showing me, what he's talking about, the things he's, he's doing, these still are processes. These are procedures. These are, you know, functioning blocks of, of, of things that work together in conjunction, have dependencies, but ultimately have this overarching, um, uh, a paradigm with which they work together, and that's again, that's to, whether it's wood or mechanics mm-hmm. or IT, that's kind of that. It kind of fits it's, in that box. So I thought, well, you know, here we go again. Guess what I did? Enrolled in some courses, started to see what it was all about. And you got like your you feet wet,
0: right? You got your yeah, feet wet. Yeah, and, and that's the theme, though, is that it it has the same items for your perspective, your personality that really fit, right? No matter, each yeah. one of these are different different uh, fields different technologies different um verticals even but like it has the same emphasis on the skill
1: sets that you have and the coolest thing about this part is you hit on it earlier you know the the journey into network engineering and, and what is network engineering and that sort of thing and you know i didn't know that at the time i enrolled in a so i look through the community the same community college i start thumbing through the you know the index of classes and then and programs. And here's one that's called, um, it, uh, it was, I think it was called like network routing. It was a certificate program. So it only needed like 25 credits or something like that versus the 60 or so you need for an associates, whatever it is. So I thought, okay, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll do that. I'll get a certificate out of it. And this is now, this is a community college, like a, a college certificate, not a,
0: um, yeah. Not like a certificate from like a vendor, right? right, like this is right exactly. a, yeah. I know what you mean. And I don't know if yeah. anyone else knows that, but they, there, are, there are certificates you can get at colleges, but they're not exactly. like an associate degree and they're not a bachelor's <laughs> degree. It's like, normally it's something it's a little not like less a CCNA. than that. It, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's not a yeah, CCNA exactly. or a CCIE or it is totally decoupled from the vendor certifications that we know
1: it's just a thinner program from a college credit standpoint so that you can achieve something without having to go, you know, maybe through a full formal program with all these other electives and stuff. So, so, you know, it looks thin, it looks narrow. I don't know what it is. You know, it to me, <laughs> it <a> try. <laughs> a computer. yeah. It to me at the time was, Hey, here's a computer we have, you know, it, it has a problem, you know, and I'm like, I don't know. So it ended it. it anyway ended up getting into this network routing certificate program which was i think 10 or 12 classes like a linux class and some math classes and and the and what ultimately uh the network curriculum the network centric classes were actually done through cisco's networking academy oh nice! i didn't really know much about cisco at the time i didn't know that you know their market share their their vendor status amongst, you know, the rest in the, in the, in the industry. So kind of fell into this, right? Yeah, man,
0: you think, fell right into it because yeah, this is a great yeah. opportunity, not even knowing anything, right? This is a great oh, opportunity. Wow.
1: And I, so I get into it and I, I'm taking classes in person and it has supplemental stuff like your packet tracer and all the online assignments and everything, but I'm in, in class, have a great teacher. Um, and, and you know, it starts clicking. You know, these things are, these, these protocols, these processes, they're, 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 they're from a start, they're from start to finish, you know, they, they work together, they work in conjunction to form a network, you know, so all these things I start, it starts making sense. Yeah, okay, so you can't have a network without IP addresses. And here's several ways to delve IP addresses to hosts on a network. And here's how you would interconnect, you know, and it's like, okay, this makes sense. It's no different than building a deck. You need a frame. You need, yep. you know, a guardrail, you need some steps. You need, so you need all these things, right. That comprise a network. So from conceptually that made a lot of sense, the individual pieces themselves made a lot of sense to me. Okay. I see where, I see why that's necessary. You know, they teach you about D when you first learn about DNS. Oh, okay. So public servers have IP addresses, right? Right. And, the, you know, the common the theme is, is you know, you don't have a Rolodex of IP addresses, right? Yeah. You know, you use DNS, it, it uh, you know, dynamically looks up the name, or does name resolution to, to redirect you to that IP address. So you start hearing about all these different pieces, and it's still kind of at this, I mean, young, young, real, real green, still abstract. There's a lot of big, big gray areas. There's a lot of missing spots, but I'm intrigued. So... Continued on with the program, fell in love with Cisco, and yeah, it's just been kind of like this ever since. Yeah, that's slow, upward, steady trajectory upwards, exponentially yeah. <laughs> upwards. You know, yeah,
0: a roll. So, so that is that is. I know we spent some time on that, right? And I think the reason I wanted to focus on it is because you didn't know what you wanted to do, and I take that for granted. I take that for granted because I knew very young that I was going to work in IT. I knew when I was 10 that I was going to be in IT in some fashion. I never had that, that situation that you had where you had to figure out what you wanted to do. And so for me, it was like, Oh, I'm going to go on IT. Like this is, this is done, done deal. Like this now at the time it was programming, not networking. But like, again, it was, you know, I, I, went into programming my, my degree is computer science. Um, I, I an, wanted to be
1: a pirate at 10. <laughs> that's what I wanted to you do. Know? Simple aspirations. Just a sword. I'm just you know? a nerd, man. A, <laughs> yeah.
0: I played too many video games and um, I wanted to code and I wanted to make my own video games. Isn't that like every kid's dream, though? Yeah. Make their yeah. own video games. And that's why I wanted to make my own video games. And so it's like, I want to learn how to code, you know? Um,
1: but, but what I, you said was here's the intriguing part about it is when you, you know, you, you know, not kind of knowing what you want to do and kind of experimenting and kind of bouncing down the hallway of these different, you know, construction or this or avi- all these things. Right. And then kind of where we left off was, you know, effectively the the transition became and I've said this on before, but I actually had with FedEx, I had essentially a, a very big um, role. and. A uh, profession-changing offer letter in my hand, the very same day, week that I had my entry-level IT role offer letter in hand, oh. both in hand at the same time. Drastically different pay, uh, drastically different futures, and you know, luckily at the time, it was just me and my wife. We were dating at the times, uh, you know, so that we didn't have a lot of we had a lot of mm-hmm. flexibility, you know, with making that decision, but we, we didn't have a lot of liability, I should say, in, in making that decision. So, you know, and I've said this kind of once or twice too, you know, here and there work smarter, not harder. And that, that's, that's what drove that decision. Number one, I, I really did genuinely fall, fall in love with, you know, the, the networking and and everything. And, and I knew that's what I wanted to do at, shortly after getting into it. So it was an easy decision. It wasn't, that it was a hard decision. It was, but, it, but on some levels, you know, you know, working the, those jobs before you get into it and doing those things that you have to do. And, and, you know, sometimes they are hard to give up even, even if it's, you know, well, I think, quite what you want.
0: I think a lot of people would have a, a hard time giving that up though. I mean, you were, yeah. again, you were someone that was, uh, you were you put your time and effort into FedEx, right? You put your time and effort into that 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 path already, and you had this offer letter in front of you, and they had money in that offer letter that was substantially more than than starting out in an IT role, a junior IT Definitely. role, or whatever, right? So you are one
1: hundred percent correct on but, that.
0: But so you know, the moral <laughs> of that story is that money is not everything. Correct. Like, and even today, like I will be the first to say, money is not everything. Now my wife will say it is everything, but like, <laughs> <laughs> that's a different <laughs> dynamic, right? Um. No, I think that that's great. So, th- thanks for going through that process, right? So, where are you today? Where you, where do you work today?
1: So, I work at a company called NWN IT. They're based out of the Northeast. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of managed services and essentially everything IT. Um, on, a, on kind of a managed services and consulting basis. So nice. pretty much anything. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: you're pretty much a jack of track of what is it all? I'm going to butcher that, that saying, <laughs> okay, so. but you do everything. My, my,
1: yeah, my, t- my, my role, my title um, is senior solutions engineer, which, you know, I, I've really ne- you know, network engineering, you know, that's a title. It's also kind of a, a space to be in. I've never really been real, real crazy about titles, but, um, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, you boil that all down. You, I, you take my title and you boil and I boil it down. And it means I'll do whatever I can to help technically, uh, on my team. And I'm always ready to learn from others on my team. That that's all it is. That's all it is. Now, if that happens to be, you know, helping out with Meraki wireless five minutes, and then mm-hmm. over here with, uh, you know, ubiquity router, over here for ten minutes, and then back over here, you know, for an ASA for a little while, and then back over here with a Palo Alto. It doesn't matter. Network engineering at its core is is just fundamentals of networking applied across different vendor UIs or CLIs or whatever. So that's kind of how I treat it. I, I have a title, yes. I have a job, yes. But um, I really do look at it um, as you know, help and help and be helped within the context of a team uh obviously there's you know reactive support proactive support upgrades maintenance that sort of stuff that's kind of mundane but but when you you know when you think about the role and think about what you do in terms of of a a title it's that's that's how that's kind of how i see it just just a team member man ready to help ready to learn ready to dig in and learn something new or or fix something so So
0: you're the guy i need to go to whenever i have a problem i need help yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Um, so <laughs> something else I want to I highlight here is that like in that beginning process, right, where you were going to school and learning about, you know, construction, and then you went to school and learned for a little bit about, I, I, I'm going to not say it right, but airline stuff.
1: Aviation maintenance. Aviation yeah.
0: maintenance. Sorry. I, I knew I was going to make the mistake there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not to downplay that. Aviation ma- maintenance. Got it. And then, and then you went back to school and then you learned about IT. Um, so it sounds like you have this underlying almost like drive passion to learn
1: yes yes uh, it it's cheesy, maybe it's cliche maybe it's uh it's it could be a lot of things, but one thing it's not is it's not disingenuous i I, I say I'm a lifelong learner uh, i it's on my LinkedIn. It's usually one of the first things out of my mouth within the context of a team or, you know, something where it's kind of bio related. That's just that's just that's who I am. That's that that it it represents a willingness to learn. It represents a willingness to contribute. It represents a willingness to uh, help other, you know, that that's just what it is.
0: No, so I think that's necessarily,
1: you know, certification centric or, you know, read as much as I can or video as much as I can or it's 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 beyond that. It's just elevating, you know, by way of experience, elevating by way of reading or watching videos or whatever, you know?
0: No, exactly. You know, it's. You're gonna always learn, and it's almost like you learn every day, right? It doesn't matter if it's a certification or if it's a course, or, or how ma- to
1: better communicate via yeah, email, or how everything. to better communicate with IM, or how to better manage, you know, multiple tickets communication streams, or or better effectively, you know, I don't know, not mentor, but you know, help within the, the context of a team and and not detract and not you know leave. Yeah, it's it's crazy, yeah. But there's 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 a million things you can learn every day.
0: Yes, I was looking up. So I'm 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 in the same boat. I don't know if I call myself a lifelong learner. I probably do self-identify with that. I don't know if I've actually ever said it out loud, but I learn something new every day. Like I go out of my way to learn something new every day. Now it might be technical, it might be Cisco, it might be certification focused. In most cases, it's not. In most cases, it's personality and characteristics focused. Today, and just an example, because I'm a, I'm going to give it real examples always. You know, I'll be honest and upfront and transparent. Today, I was learning or researching how to become a better podcast host like that's legit i was looking up today because i want to make sure i'm a great podcast host i don't think i am i think i fail a little bit here and there
1: i think i think you are i think you oh
0: look at that look at that i got (laughs) i got one person that thinks i am no i i think i could improve right honestly and i think that that self-identification saying that hey you know i need some help uh and and i need to i need to work on it right um and i need to learn So that's just an example of something that that I'm learning today. And it's not technical, right? It's not, I'm not in the CLI working on a CCIE or CCNA or CCMP, you know. Uh, I'm not in books. I'm I'm trying to figure out how to better myself in some other way, though. Exactly. But I think that goes into uh, a follow-on to this, though, right? We're going to have this conversation really about the network engineering role and demystifying it. And one of the things I would like to harp on a little bit is that you have to learn like that is that is legit the whole requirement of anything in it these days is that it is such a fast pace changing environment that if you are not able to learn at that at a relatively fast pace meaning that if you can't learn like one new thing a day on average i would say that's probably realistic mm-hmm. it's not it's not going to be a successful situation i don't think what are your thoughts I, i'm, I'm kind of putting that out there though
1: yeah, I think uh I think you'll you'll in large part end up overwhelmed a lot. I think you'll end up feeling a lot of unnecessary pressure, you know, in regards to what you're saying, you know, if you if you're not able to kind of I don't want to I shouldn't say keep that pace, but if you're not uh it's average. Or, average or, yeah, yeah, if you're if you're not if you're not maintaining that, I think I think you're you're probably in like I said f- for a world of uh, uh of stress and unnecessary um uh duress, I guess you could say. Yeah. So I'll give um, an
0: example, right? As always, because I, I'm, you know, the DevNet certifications came out, right? And they came out at the beginning yes. of 2020. Um, so, so they came out. And in my head, I'm like, I have a computer science degree. Uh, there's probably be some effort for me to go and take these and I'll, I'll knock them out. So I put it off, put it off, put it off. And here we are. Uh, we're recording this at, in december just so everyone's clear december of 2020 it's gonna air in uh january of 2021 uh it's going to be published then so in currently in december i looked actually last week in november on thanksgiving break i looked and i was like yeah i can't i can't take this thing i i, I just i not i did not put enough effort into it and I can't Correct. just, you know, I can't just take a couple hours and review the blueprint and be like, yeah, I got this. Correct. No, no, I need to put some true time in and actually do that every day, dedicate an hour and learn. Right. I mean, I just, that's, exactly. yeah.
1: And that's, that's kind of, it's funny that you mentioned that because I, you know, I'll take time. I, I tend to take more time, sporadic time, small sprint time kind of uh, uh, slots during the day for things like, like that. Like, Python is a good example. Linux is a good example. Two things I don't use on a daily basis. Two things that, yes, they, they do adhere to a curriculum that leads to a certification in several different capacities, or like CompTIA or, or Cisco or, any, or Juniper. But the, that's not really the, the point. The point is to some days it's to cycle through something to make sure it's solid. Some days it's to, it's to you know, branch out into something uh, in, in either one of those, Python or, or, or Linux. Uh, maybe I might look at some Python 2 code and see if I can get it to 3. Simple. I mean, for me, I'm very, you know, I don't, I don't know a lot about Python. So I kind of just, I get a working knowledge. Some days I'm reverse engineering something that does work. Some days I'm, I'm literally trying to, you know, build, build that plane in the, in mid flight. Um, just like Linux, you know, I mean, Linux, you know, you set up a Linux VM somewhere and you can pretty much do anything to it you want. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's not production, you can break it, you can mess it up. And, and guess what? Those are Critical learning opportunities. Yes, yes, they are. So th- those are. It's like you said. Like those are some of the thing, You know, the little things. You don't have to necessarily be chipping away at some massive scale. You know, lab or or you know, new core exam or something like that. It's it for me at least, and in my in my view, it's some days. I, you know, I love VPN. I love all things VPN. I don't do DMVPN every day. Sometimes I like to go back and just. Slam three, four routers down in CNL and and do it. You know, yeah. try to yeah. do it by hand. Try to do it without referencing anything by hand. You know, and and those are that that's a that's a thing. Oh well, you already learned that. You took that test and you and you you know you pass that test. Well, that's true. But sometimes I need to relearn. Sometimes I need to reinforce what I have learned. You know, I consider that learning. So yeah, I think it is too. It, a little it, bit of everything. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's it's imperative because you don't use those skill sets every day. Like one of the things I don't use every day is multicast. Yeah, I know multicast from an MP uh, from an, uh, a CCI level, both route switch and service provider. Those are my my kind of bread and butter. But and I know some of that stuff still, right? But it's like it's like okay, I know this command exists, but I don't know the syntax. I know how to do it. And I know where to find it. I know exactly where it is in the reference documentation, but I just don't remember the actual syntax.
1: That's that, a good That's a good jump off. So what would you do in that? So if you were learning and you wanted to refresh something like that, would you go straight to a reference doc or would you try to bang through the question, um, the, the command, the syntax, the command syntax help? Or like, what would you do?
0: Yeah, me personally, I, because I'm a lab, I like the lab, man. So I would, I would throw a lab together in whatever way. So, you know, if it's CML or Eve or um, my favorite, and it's before those existed, honestly, is just running it in my, you know, virtual environment with csrs and ios xrvs and yeah. you know whatever flavor of your devices and i would just play around for a little bit and if i couldn't i would set a time limit and I, I talk about this too at some point so it's a great question i appreciate the question um i would block myself into a specific time period 30 minutes 60 minutes whatever it is because
1: it's solved or yeah, or implemented or yeah my,
0: my personality i will i will literally have tunnel vision on that specific thing because it's interesting to me and i will yeah. not stop and it'll be the end of the day, like it'll be eight hours later, like le- legit. And I'll be like, and it won't be like I didn't get it. Like I'll have it working, but I've gone like the next level into the next level, and you know, I've just I've just surpassed by ten times what I was looking to do to begin with. Basically, just yeah. it just intrigues me. Um, yep. But yeah, I would block myself in thirty minutes, sixty minutes, and then if I if I didn't get to that point I was looking for, I would look it up.
1: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, Similar answer, yeah. I mean, I, you know, it depends. Like, I, I'm just kind of thinking in my head as you were talking. You know, if I were to do something like, like AAA, I don't do every day, right? But I could probably get in and and get on the command line and and get that get that sorted. Uh, something like maybe SNMP v3 and 15 dot code. That I'm, you know, I may be able to bang around a little bit, but I might. Fear that i'm i'm missing one of those key slices and then i would go to a reference doc or something so i guess it kind of depends but but the same the same reigns true with exactly what you said challenge you essentially are challenging yourself which yeah. is oh, yeah. th- the whole point of it to learn that's how you learn
0: but i i i mean just so everyone was aware like i i don't memorize the commands like i, I might yeah. know them from memory just because i was doing them a lot but i do more like have a configuration template because it's just like, I'm not going to remember everything that's out there. I mean, look at one protocol, look at BGP and all the different nerd knobs and features and functions of BGP. I know BGP pretty well and I don't know all the features and functions by heart. I just don't like, it's just too much. Um, So, so I definitely have like a template configuration document that I would leverage that has um, really explanations of the commands because, you know, I've already looked at the reference architect or reference architecture. Sorry. The reference document. I've already read the, the doc CD or whatever we call it these days. Right. I don't need to read it again. I, w- I want to write it in my own words in my own documentation. So if I'm doing something as basic as switch port, um, access, what switch port access, VLAN, whatever, you know, access yeah. VLAN, um, which I happen to know by heart. I hope I did. I don't know if I messed it up. If I did. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe I did. Um, you know i you know i take that that command if i didn't actually know what it did i would actually write in my document and say this is what it does specifically because again i want to make sure i understand it right like and i can <clears throat> i can res- i can tell someone else what it means
1: so if i'm hearing you correctly you're a lot like me and that you probably have this massive massive 300 tab notepad++ <laughs> collection <laughs> of knowledge and and you know, version specific syntax and all these things. Yeah. That's, that's, exactly, yeah, that's, yeah. that's yeah. fairly accurate. Thing, I use no
0: no pet plus plus for a long time. Um, I don't know if it's even on a Mac anymore. I, I was on a windows before and I had to move all those files over to my Mac. So I, I mean, they're, I mean, they're all in different folders uh, and I li- I'm like anal about my organization structure. Like I yeah. have the project, the, you know, what I'm working on, the device, the iOS version or you whenever, know, whatever OS version all the way down into that re- revolu- uh, release level. And then here's all the configuration templates for everything, man. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep. it used to be people used to say you know back in the day they say oh you know there's an app for that there's an app for that i have a notepad for that <laughs> that's <laughs> great. oh you're looking you're looking for you know you're working on you're stuck working on a pix and an old asa code and you can't figure on that guess what i have a notepad for that because i've been in your shoes and i made notes and i made sure to save that notepad so well,
0: but like something like that like and i know we're kind of going off topic or we're going on this a little long but like a PIX, like who in the right mind has a PIX information anymore, right? <laughs> like it does even, I mean, I work for Cisco. Does Cisco even have a PIX documentation anymore, you know, to look up? Yeah, I, don't, it just, I don't know.
1: It just says, it just says uh, sweep that under the rug. and Yeah. Right. Move on.
0: <laughs> like, and so if you don't have that documentation, if you're still running a PIX, I, I
1: don't know what's going on, but you're still running. Yeah. You PIX. got, you got other, you got other issues, but yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so let's jump into, um, you know, what is the network engineer role? Um, in terms of your opinion and what your viewpoint is
1: so i would my opening remarks would be kind of like i alluded to earlier or said earlier um i firmly believe as a network from a network engineering perspective if you if you grasp the fundamentals and you could you could say it's 80% Eighty percent of you know all the fundamentals are fifty. If you understand the fundamentals, the building blocks of networks and how networking works, I think I think that's what it is. You you have an engineering mindset. You understand that that things work in conjunction. There's obvious and not so obvious dependencies. So that's that's the context piece of it. You have the fundamentals. You kind of see things within the context of what they are. Uh, don't you know? I think people tend to get enamored with you know the title network engineer and and some of the nuance that it may carry as far as you know old big projects and and very critical outages and things like that but you boil it down it's fundamentals networking network security you know and and you just build up from there and i'm not even talking like osi model forget that this is this is just networking fundamentals you you need these pieces you have this you know and and you go up and I think, you know, you can you can really do yourself a lot of favors by thinking of it that way. So that number 1 you don't build it up to something that it's not or when you get there then it's not what you think it was and and at the same time, you know, you always start at this this even keel and kind of work up through a problem. It's that that's just that's just what it is to me. I, you know, hey Carl, can you jump in and take a look at this Ubiquiti router? Sure. <laughs> do I am I an expert at Ubiquiti? No. But I understand networking fundamentals, and I can I can kind of you know get through some things and, and and get my bearings and and start to understand. Okay, truth be told, you know it's just syntax difference between an HP and a Cisco switch mm-hmm. or an ASA and a Palo. I mean, it, it's I understand the fundamentals. I know I know what the issue is. Right, it's DHCP. I know how to fix that in an ASA. I know how to fix that in the GUI of Palo Alto, you know? So you, you think about it on those terms, have your fundamentals in your, in, your, in your basket, right? Keep those close to you, keep those sharp, and you just kind of, it, it, from there, it's a UI different, a GUI difference. It's a syntax difference. It's a slight limitation of a vendor who's not quite mature yet. I mean, you know, it's, that's just kind of how I see it. I try not to think of it as too big or complex of a thing It sits on fundamentals and the rest is kind of experience or, you know, you can kind of equate things to each other and, and that sort of thing and work through stuff.
0: No, that's great, man. I I agree um, with everything you said. Totally. Um, I don't, yeah, I think that's awesome. Um, It's like a lot
1: of people have said, you know, how to go, you start to learn how to Google, right? Yeah. Oh, my network's down. You're not going to Google my network's down, right? You're going to (laughs) Google, I can't get an IP address or, you know, something more intelligent, something more mature, That's a simple example, but the the fact remains is that, again, you you reference those fundamentals and now you're starting to Google better. You're starting to narrow your search to certain reference documents, whether it's design, implementation or configuration, whatever, you know, and that's that's that is engineering that you understand what's supposed to be. You know, it's not you need that middle piece of why it's not and getting better at that is effectively, you know, becoming a better engineer.
0: So it's like an iterative process, right? Like it's, yeah. and I'm sure. going to add some, some wording here in my head and I'm curious if this is going to resonate and if it's going to change my own definition here because something that you just said really kind of sparked an idea in my head. And the idea is that, you know, as a network engineer, you have to be able to learn something, right? Mm-hmm. Because we talked Definitely. about learning and how critical learning is, but you have to be able to learn something. But then you have to, after you've learned it, you have to be able to take that thing whatever that is and I'm being thing is very very generic right but you have to take that item and, and now you have to apply it somehow mm-hmm. um, and that's an iterative process right like like you learn something okay now I got that in my wheelhouse I understand it let's pick something right let's say OSPF okay I don't know anything about OSPF let me go learn OSPF okay I know OSPF now now I can leverage OSPF well I don't know something else about whatever technology I don't know um, DMVPN I don't know. You said it earlier, so I threw it out there, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I need I need some sort of VPN technology. I don't know anything about VPNs. Let me go look up VPNs now. It's a very iterative type of process until now. You know these things, right? And then the next time you go through it, you don't necessarily have to look up OSPF or VPNs, right? You know it now. Correct. So a little different, and and so that that network engineer role requires the ability to not just learn, but quickly comprehend what they've learned and apply it.
1: Yep. And here's a really good, simple example that I like to use for for what you just said, as far as the practical application piece. Like, let's say you and I as engineers both understand DHCP, right? Now, it's quick off the cuff. It's you have a DHCP server, you have a DHCP client, right? DHCP client reaches out, gets a reply, gets an IP, blah, 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 right? So, you know, and in, in skip the formalities of the ACK and the discover and all that. Let's just say we understand the fundamentals of, of DHCP is that a, a server reaches or a, a client reaches out to a server, server replies, DHCP, right? So here's a fundamental DHCP. What if your DHCP, and this is because this is a common uh, troubleshooting kind of thing when you start, especially when you start learning. I'm going to spoil it here with IP helper. Knowing the fundamentals, right? So I can't get an IP address. I can't get an IP address, but I can see on my topology. I see that I have a DHCP server and a router, and then I have my PC connected to my router. I have a DHCP server. I don't understand what's going on. Okay go all the way back to fundamentals of DHCP, right? What won't happen? It's not going to propagate that discover request, yep. right? Yep. Outside reality. So that's a really simple, so then, like you said, iterative, okay? The next iteration is learning that to unicast that DHCP discovery IP helper, right? So now there's another layer and, and that's the practical application of it. If I'm sitting here looking at topology and I see a DHCP server, a router and, a, and a, a, a virtual PC or a little PC, right? Oh, it's not getting an IP address your mind will play tricks on you and it will say you have a server and you have, you have a host and from that router, you can ping that DCP server. Why is your client, you know, why is your client not getting an IP? And it's just, again, it's now you have to have one more layer of thought on top of, Oh, there's an, there's an act, there's a discover, there's a offer, there's a request, you know, it goes beyond that. And you really have to do this, this, I don't want to say higher level of practical application, but a more comprehensive level of practical application, and understand. Oh, it's simple. It's not leaving that you know that routing domain. Well,
0: I think it goes back to what the you said.
1: Domain. Yeah,
0: you you have to learn the fundamentals, right? Like the, the basics, really, and the theory, the protocol theory, right? And and know that protocol theory, and, and not forget it as you go into higher levels because it still right. applies. It still applies. 100%. It's not going away. <laughs> So if you have DHCP, like you said, that you have, the way that you have it, it still applies. The theory, the, the, the fundamentals, the, the basic it still information.
1: still Yes, exactly. It's it's main it, messages, under the main hood. messages, but, but, right? Yeah, that's
0: and then if that. you add, like, DHCP snooping or whatever, like, it's still, like, it's another iterative process. So I think that's a great takeaway right there. Um, yeah, so the next question I have is kind of, like, And in your, because you work at an MSP, so I'm assuming, I'm just, I can't, I said assuming instead of assuming, so that was cool. (laughs) Um, So, you know, how, how do you work on projects at the MSP? I'm assuming there's projects, but if there aren't, you know, just tell me if they're not, that's fine. But, um, I'm assuming there are some projects you have to work on. How do you handle projects? How do you make sure they get done? All that kind of stuff.
1: Yep. So, you know, throughout my tenure, um, it's been kind of a cyclical process where, uh, myself and sometimes um, like a systems engineer, systems administrator would be involved from on this project from from inception all the way through uh, implementation. So effectively what it looks like is uh, meeting with project managers, uh, pre-sales engineers, that sort of thing, um, and then us, the engineering side. And these are kind of the, the project kickoff, if you will, the leading up to... Um, kind of the last chance to talk through the logistics, talk through this the uh, the schema, the the design, the licensing, the tier of hardware at, at different points in the network. Right, so we're assessing all that. We're making sure pre presales and engineering and ultimately the uh, frontline support. We're all going to be on the same page. It's going to be a serviceable product. It matches, you know, let's well, shouldn't say it matches our portfolio, but it's, a, it's it's an effective offering that we can deliver implement support long-term and then ideally, you know, layer additional services on top moving forward to better service that customer. So again, you boil it back all the way to pre to the pre kickoff pre-implementation kind of project work where we're, you know, just going through making sure we've got the correct amount of VPN licenses. We've got the, you know, sufficient level of, um, of hardware for deep packet inspection on several, um, in points of uh, policy enforcement or inspection in the network, uh, we've got an ample amount of APs. We, you know, our we have enough PoE power wattage throughout the, the switch network to power the PoE or the, the APs. That sort of thing. We're just taking a high level look, making sure everything's there. Uh, it's not overscoped. It's not underscoped. We don't have any pinch points or pain points as far as um, you know possible physical location or anything like that. Access those sort of things. So then you start moving more into the um, like the site survey uh, area where you're actually you know if it's not greenfield obviously you might be forklifting some of the network none of the network or all of the network. Mm-hmm. Um, so so th- that's where things get a little sticky. You know now we've got to play with another administrative domain. Uh, now we, we're the only administrative domain, but we need to still play with some legacy equipment or some existing equipment. So there, there's some there's some kind of interesting pre-provisioning uh processes that happen on that in that site survey phase uh provisioning's fun that's you know i mean you're slamming down configs whether it be in a cloud controller you know like meraki or for zero touch provisioning or you're you're, you know you're 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 building out notepads with with uh um you know massive switch configs and routers and stuff and and or firewalls um that's the fun part for me i like the configuration i like i like kind of having the high level in my mind and and really you know delving out what I think would work like let's just take a, a, a standard switch port config for a medium-sized enterprise right mm-hmm. yeah. we're gonna do these couple're gonna do we're gonna do um, uh, port security we're going to do DHCP snooping so I'll sit here and I'll you know I'll work with my one interface and I'll I'll kind of put all the, the the nuts and bolts in there as far as what I want my standard config to be and I, I enjoy that and then you, you know, then you start moving on to, um, you know, the kind of the painful administrative documentation, oh, yeah. asset tagging, all that kind of stuff, which hopefully, you know, at the network engineer level, hopefully you've got some network analysts or some interns that you can <laughs> shove that off on and, and they'll, they'll, they'll be happy they'll learn, you know, and, and it'll be great. Uh, and then, you know. In my role, specifically, especially in the past couple of years, I've been remote, so I've been working a lot with uh, on site field engineers, smart hands, if you will, so for the actual you know deployment cut over implementation, physical hands on cabling that sort of stuff. so that's pretty cool to be remote, kind of watch that you know, just sit and watch and wait wait for those pings to start or wait for those wait for those lights to go green on in the cloud is there is
0: there any stress in that process? no, <sighs> no, no. not at all.
1: No, no, just 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 a nice couple of beers. Yeah, no. I'm just it, no yeah. So yeah, you just you know you have confidence. You've seen it done before. You know it's you know two minutes and thirty eight seconds before that switch is going to start pinging because of the, <laughs> you, that's just how ubiquity is, and you know that, and you know you've gone through that pain once. So uh, that's fun. There's obviously some. Uh, day zero, deployment day, um, you know, fixes, patches, things that have to be corrected. Those are to be expected. Um, and then, you know, you start creeping in on on a very important phase, but kind of one of my, I shouldn't say least favorite, Uh-oh. but um, the documentation phase, you know, start building out some network diagrams and Visio and draw and uh, start writing up some abstract um you know, KB stuff that would ultimately become tribal knowledge if if someone integral in that you know pre-project kickoff, through provisioning, through deployment, uh, kind of experiences and are able to you know provide those those knowledge base articles, those 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 insights because that's ultimately what serves, uh, frontline support. You know, once that's transitioned from that, you know, sometimes it's a couple days, sometimes it's a week that you really have to handhold a new deployment, uh, before you kind of just turn it over to support because, you know, support does what? Hi, you know, (laughs) thanks for calling NWN. What's your problem? You know, that's not, that's not necessarily pertinent in that honeymoon phase. So, you know, you try to do as much documentation, as much, um, lead work for those, for those, uh, you know those all necessary help desk service desk tiered knock support whatever you want to call it um, so that they can effectively digest that and, and and really get you know get whatever resolution needs to happen happen fast so so that, that's that's, that's great, kind of the full sweet MSP kind of yeah.
0: You went through a great run down there, honestly. That was yeah, awesome. Yeah. And I, I let you. I didn't cut you off. I did, I just kind of let you do your <laughs> thing. That was great. A lot of lot of lot great project work and a lot of good takeaways there. Um. So on the project side of things, I want to move on to something a little bit that's that's relatively similar. I think. Like, so in your role today, do you manage multiple projects at the same time?
1: Yep, and usually in different phases. So. Uh, that makes it, in my opinion, in my experience, in my opinion, whatever you want to call it, it's a little bit easier um, to have, you know, two to three projects or, or a handful in kind of those different phases. Uh, it's a little bit f- easier for me to, to kind of switch gears. Um, and, and it's more interesting, too, right? You know, I might do some 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 mind-numbing uh, spec sheet, data sheet, kind of delving on, on, the, on the front end of a new project for, you know, is this going to handle the capacity, you know, or we've done baselines, is this going to be sufficient? Is that going to be, you know, it's kind of like, oh man, just staring at the screen, <laughs> uh, you know, and then you might get to jump into some, you know, some of those day zero, day one kind of, you know, this was a little bit rocky on deployment. We need to fine tune it. We need to, you know, iron it out. So you get into a little bit of like real world troubleshooting or real world uh, finessing, you know? So uh, that, uh, yes, multiple projects, ideally, And usually at different phases, I I don't think, I can't really remember a time where I've been sitting on, you know, three, three project kickoff meetings at the same day, you know, for, for it's, it's usually staggered. So that's usually logistical, you know, right.
0: So that they're staggered. Uh, what if you like, um, how do you manage deadlines in those situations?
1: Uh, actually most of those it's expectation setting with project managers in the very beginning. So that's a crucial part of that, that very early stages. Um, you know, you gotta be realistic, but you gotta, you gotta kind of, even as a technical resource network engineer, network architect, network, insert, you know, adjective here, you you do have to do yourself, your colleagues and your, uh, non-technical, um, adjacent people project managers management those you know sales engineers customer success people you've got to do those people a good a good service if you will by you know fair expectation setting so that's something that comes with experience that's something that comes within the context of you know are you on a skeleton crew uh, do you have you know other other seniors and, and network engineer colleagues that are that are flexible that are kind of also in that project mix where you can freely kind of jump and, and help. And so a little bit, it's contextual, but it really does start with expectation setting.
0: Okay. No, that's good. That's good. I, I was curious, like for me, it's always, I always have competing, um, deadlines, um, I, I have something due this week and I have something to do next week. Like, and it's, there are ones due Friday this week, ones due Monday next week. And it's, I have to split my time. I have no other way. They're not going to be successful if I don't. Um, right. but again, you, the deadlines are there and they're, they're always there. And it goes to another question that we kind of outlined too, is like, how do you manage competing priorities in a network engineer role? So for you, how do you manage those, those priorities that come up?
1: Uh, you know, break, fix stuff, um, maintenance, you know, when you talk about the general day to day, like, let's just say technical activities, technically, uh, uh, centric, technical, technically centric activities. Um, obviously there's, there's, you know, there's the, there's the landscape of customer and industry that the customers, especially on the MSP side, um, you know, not, not, not all outages are the same. You know, I hate yeah. to say that out loud, but that's the truth of it. Not all outages <laughs> are the same, um, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, patches, upgrades and things like that are actually more critical than outages, you know, because it, it could, it's a security breach. It's a vulnerability. It's a, it's, it's a way in, you know, so um, again, it, it boils down to context. Um, obviously it's a canned answer to just say, well, prioritize what's, what has the highest priority, but yeah. It kind of depends, you know, in a network engineering role, you do touch security, you do touch wireless, you do touch, uh, you know, routed networks that, that, that's kind of, I want to say are distributed. So there's a lot more, you let's call it users, right? Endpoints. So it, it, it really just depends. I mean, you know, sometimes it's, it boils down to this is a security patch. These, this, all these access points have to be patched ASAP, right? Yep. And that's just the end of it. You know, we'll still meet an SLA for an outage. We still have three hours and we can double up or triple up engineering efforts on that. As soon as we get this critical, critical patch implemented across 500 APs or four networks or 10, you know, 10 controllers, whatever the case may be. So,
0: no, that's good. That's good. Um, I think, I think there's a a situation there where like, um, when there's, an outage in the environment. Right. And and you have to prioritize what is important at that time. Um, there's, there's like managing that, that perspective with the the leadership. Like that's, but there's a technical side of of things. And I think we can prioritize the technical tasks and say, okay, well, I'm going to do this thing first because it's, it's more important. And I know it's more important, but it's not just what we know. It's also like, okay, Mr. Manager, um, here's what's going on. Here's what's more important. We're gonna knock this out. Now let me let me have fifteen minutes to knock it out. Um I don't know about you, but I've had I've That's, had,
1: Oh yeah. That's yeah. critical, man. And that goes two ways, especially in the MSP world. That goes back to the customer too. So there's been cases where now now you as a network engineer in MSP and reactive support and every you know, even in a knock where you're frontline support, you'll get to know customers and you'll get to know networks and you'll know their uh, let's just call it criticality or severity or you know the the squeaky wheel, right? right yeah. Yeah. So you know those are things where you it takes a little bit. You'll net you won't learn it in the network engineering class, quote unquote. You won't learn in the networking class, a Linux class, a, a, a Windows class. So here's something that I came across from a manage a previous manager, and it's it's just it was it was like a light bulb moment. So when you have those customers, when you have those networks, you're correct. You know, I, you try to keep your manager, your 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 um, engineering manager, your director, whatever, whoever you're, you know, one or two steps above you, you want to keep them informed. Hey, here's our progress, right? But also to the customer. The customer knows there's an outage and they know you're working on it. Sometimes that's not I, I, saying that that's not good enough isn't really the best way to say it, but it's maybe not the best way to handle it. So. What I've done in the past for those is, you know, given the situation, maybe this is a 15 to 20 minute um, touch point kind of scenario, right? Every 20 minutes I got, I have this basic, um, you know, status, update, next steps, status, update, next steps, status, update, next steps. Every 20 minutes that technical contact at whatever site is down or outage or whatever's happening, right? That person or persons will get current status, update, Next steps. It doesn't have to be verbose. It can be very, very technical, right? Status. uh, No changes in adjacency. Next steps. We've done this. We've done the, um, I'm sorry, update. We've done this. We've done this. We've done this. Next steps. We're going to try these two things. We may need your help with item B, but we'll let you know, right? And you kind of filter through that every 10, 15 minutes. And that, it, it gives the right amount of transparency. It keeps them from getting too hot. But it also kind of sets expectations fairly. And it's just one of those, it's just a trick. I mean, a, a manager, we sat down and kind of evaluated a situation, an outage that got out of hand and not necessarily, you know, by me or not because of that, that wasn't implemented. But that was a very good thing that we learned, that I learned, that that you can employ in those kind of situations that helps manage the situation in general.
0: No, that's good. What would you call that? Like, do you want to terminize that? You mentioned like, um, 20 minute yeah, it's like a 20-minute Yeah, it's like a
1: sit-rep, right? Yeah, it's like, like a sit-rep, exactly. Know? <laughs> you know?
0: It's like a situational we report. Haven't, what,
1: what, what you're saying is technical. What you're not saying is we still care. We're still working on it. We still have ideas. We still have, we, we've X things off that can't be contributing factor. Like you're saying a lot of things without saying it when you do that kind of well, stuff. Well, you're also and showing the
0: attention, right? You're showing absolutely. that this is, hey, yeah. I'm going to keep you informed. Uh, every 20 minutes, you're going to get some message from me. It may be the same message. It may be similar, but you're ready to get something from me or my team and you're going to know where we're at.
1: Yep. You build, uh, here. here's my MSP soapbox. You always build value. You don't have to be sales. Like I'm not sales. I'm not a salesy person. But uh, you know, you're always building value in the portfolio, the offering, the product, the brand, the you know, the service, the technical service, the experience, everything. So that, that kind of plays into that a little bit more. But but yeah,
0: nice, nice. Um, so on the whole, like breaking uh, on the whole, like breaking something or something. Not not breaking something. That's the wrong way. To say <laughs> it. So we're not going to go out of our way to break something unless we're in our own. Yes. Lab design, right? Um. Uh, so when something breaks. Um what is like the number one thing that you do?
1: Best question. Best question. Didn't know I was going to get this question. Very happy I got this question. I want to I want to make a big deal of this because this is my this is my answer. This has always been my answer. It's from experience. It's it's here here it is, okay? I'm waiting. What's the first thing you do? What's the first thing you do? The first thing you do, you make sure whatever it is you know, basic assessment, what can I do to not make this worse? Oh. First thing you do, eval, do a quick evaluation, quick scan, right? What what can I do to not make, how can I not make this worse? That's priority number one. Wow, that's good. Quick example, right? You're in your uh, packet tracer lab or CML lab, right? You've forked up an OSPF adjacency on a broadcast segment. Um, Reboot it. Um, down the interface, shut, no, shut, uh, you know, all these quick things, right? You know, this might work. That might work. It might be this. It might be that might be a memory leak, this, that, the other, that stuff is fine in a learning context with, or in a lab, um, when, you know, maybe you're competing against someone else to race and, you know, break, fix something with with a fellow engineer or something, um, in production, you really, really, really need to be careful before even, you know, you're, you're also evaluating the problem at the same time, obviously, but the mindset ideally should be, okay, I, I see, you know, this, this thing is not broken or this thing is broken. This thing's not working. This doesn't respond. Okay. Point in case, Let there, here's a couple things I could do, but let's, let's the just whatever does not make this worse. That's what you do not want to do. That's the first thing you don't do is make something worse. I like it. I like yeah, it. It's, it's,
0: it, You don't ever want to make it worse, right? You never, that's never your goal, but if you, it happens if you could so up many up times. Three
1: words. We could all get that tattooed somewhere on us. Don't make it worse <laughs> or something. I don't know. We'll get like our,
0: our CCNAs <laughs> and CCMPs tattooed on us too at the same time. <laughs> yeah, but then we'll exactly. get, yeah, we'll get that tattoo. Exactly. It. Um, I like that. That's a, that's a good take on that. I think that that's something that we miss. We, we overlook honestly. So, um, a lot
1: of people get jacked up and let's get in this thing and let's just start, you know what I mean? And it's like me, that's me. You do any, yeah. <laughs> and we, Hey, we all have the tendency to do that because we, we have a lot of experience. We've, we've seen similar instances. We, you know, we, we, you know, out of the, the old T shoot book, it's like shoot from the hip co- divide and conquer bottom up top down, you know, like let's just get rolling on this thing. Like I can tell you, okay. OSPF adjacency not happening. Okay. Well, these three switches aren't even involved. So don't worry about those. This AP, you know, like but again like it's just okay just a quick just a quick forefront of the mind
0: don't make how it do worse. i not make
1: this worse and then we'll be okay
0: well okay. so like like you, you used your lab as an example and i think that's a great example because when you're studying for something in a lab environment you have out-of-band management in most of these situations in some form right if you're doing like vmware or if it's ev and g or if it's cml right you shut all the interfaces down. There is no impact to you in accessing those devices. But in a production environment where you're SSHing into those devices or or whatever, right? It's a totally different impact when you go interface range, you know, gig zero zero, zero zero <laughs> one, all the way to you know twenty, and you shut them all
1: down. <laughs> that was my that was my little Easter egg that I hid in there, and I'm glad you picked it up. <laughs> Quick easy example. Don't do do that in the lab. Don't do that in production.
0: <laughs> well, so I have a story, and I, I've been saying it lately. So Figuring sure. out
1: you don't have out-of-band management after the fact is not how you figure no, out you don't have no, out-of-band
0: it's <laughs> not. It's <laughs> definitely not. Um, I have, I have a, a real use case for that, actually. So I actually taught someone when I was in the Marine Corps how to use the interface range command. And I was under the impression that this person understood it. I was a bad teacher at the time. It happens. It's fine. Um, well, he went ahead and thought he knew what he was doing too. And so he went ahead and used it. Well, he didn't use it correctly. And then he went ahead and shut down all the ports on the switch. And this happened to be in a deployed environment in a base. Um, and I will not name any locations or names, but just a quick example. And we fixed it. It, it wasn't like a big critical outage or anything. It was like a 32nd outage for like the local think of like a local, it's just a switch. It it was just things were connected to it. So um, those, those people that were connected to it were disconnected. That's all. But again, interface range, he shut everything down and (laughs) I thought I taught him a correct way of doing it. And I did not obviously, and I did not oversee this situation. So I did not teach him how to do it in the future. Um, Yeah. That's my lesson for that. So,
1: but the you know the 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 shining light is that every everyone got better and you remember it to this day. Oh yeah, the fact that you remember it to this day means you learned something. A, B, you became better. C, <laughs> there's got to be a C.
0: <laughs> there's got to be yeah. a C. Well, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's interesting because all those little mistakes that you make, like they're impactful for you as, as a learning experience, right? They may not be as impactful to other people. Um, I've been in some of those situations where like i had someone that was senior to me and said hey shut down this vlan interface and i'm like are you sure in different depending on your situation your scenario like this happened to be i was a corporal in the marine corps and he was a sergeant and, and him and i were really good friends and he's very smart he's like yeah just go ahead and shut down vlan 100 just do it i'm like okay i'm pretty sure that's the server vlan uh, or the, it was either the server VLAN or it was the routing adjacency VLAN and i and it, i think it was the routing adjacency VLAN so we did it it was on the server switch that's what it was it was on the server switch and it was these routing adjacency VLAN so i'm like okay sir yeah, yeah. i hit you know shut and we lost connectivity to all the servers nice and it was like okay time to console into it you know <laughs> thankfully it was right there right? the switch was local we didn't have to go drive right. anywhere but those Jeez. those things happen all the time right so yeah. I went on my little, my little uh, soapbox there for a minute.
1: Um, so sometimes gotta, it's complacency. Sometimes it's urgency. There's never, you know, it's it's usually a, a place of benevolence that it comes from. It's just slow down. How do we not make this worse? And let's, you know.
0: <laughs> so I don't know about you. I, this is something I've learned, too. And everyone should, should think of this, too, is, like, I get the, the hard stuff right. Like, anything that's highly complex. And I'm not saying I get it always right. But I'm saying more often than not. If it's hard and really, really complex, like bi-directional route redistribution or, you know, something crazy, service provider technology like NRAS options or whatever, care supporting carrier, I'm going to get it right. It's when I have to do something that's really, really simple that I'm going to get wrong, right? I could be doing a port channel. I'm going to get it wrong for some reason, right? <laughs> uh, I'm Our VLAN interfaces or spanning tree or, you know, whatever. I'm a span port, for example. I'm going to mess up a span port. Right. That's just me. That's me right there. I'm going to uh, wear that badge it, it, of pride.
1: It usually is some of the simplest things sometimes. And they said route redistribution, you know, like a lot of times you, I, I'll end up with this, you know, quote unquote network hypochondriac type scenario where, you know, I'll have been studying some you know let's just say it's route tagging in inside or a route map with route tagging on route redistribution or something and you know i, I tinfoil tin foil hat my theory and i can't get this thing working and i go back and realize that i used the wrong as number in the redistribute command and or i had a distribute list or some you know yep. it, the, the simple it's it, it, i'm not saying it's always the simple things but you know sometimes sometimes you you, you, you hyper focus in on what you've been reading and studying lately and that that's the, that's always the problem to all my next 10 problems that's the problem because <laughs> it's fresh on my mind and and you know sometimes it's the you know just 10 ways to Sunday can't figure us out <laughs> but you yep. have the wrong AS number
0: that's it <laughs> uh, right it's something simple right. Uh, um,
1: muffed up prefix lists, you know, it's, it's the simplest, stupidest things. Man. Yeah,
0: I make a lot of simple mistakes and it's like, and I <laughs> troubleshoot that simple mistake for like hours. And then I'm like, Oh yeah. After two hours, I find out what is wrong. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> I've been troubleshooting this for two hours and I was troubleshooting the wrong thing. You know, like
1: 100%, we've but, all done it. We'll all do it again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: Uh, So a couple more questions, right? Um, And and one of them is, so how do you go about in your role today and in your past roles, merging kind of those different functions like design, implementation, operations, uh, and obviously support um, in that network engineer role?
1: Uh, So, you know, on the learning side, it's all about, you know, hopefully you can, you can, you can be in an environment that's very collaborative and working alongside seniors and some of the architects and things where you can, you know, kind of, kind of get, get your feet wet and uh, get some exposure to it from, you know, sometimes it's trial by fire, you know, and, and that's, those are the, I wouldn't say those are, I wouldn't say you learn necessarily you know, more or less either way, but, but both are an eventuality a hundred percent with network engineering. Um, you, you know, you're going to have times where you can sit and, you know, be coached and, and ask questions. And then there's times where they, it's on your plate and you know, you have the keys in your hand and you're driving, you know? So, um, try to make the most of both. (laughs) Um, hopefully, you know, the other thing, you know, there's a lot of, it's, it's, mistaken, I don't know if it's mistaken ego or what, but, you know, there's a a lot of hesitancy to reach out and ask questions. I think, you know, when things are new and your plate's too full, but that you'll be seen as, you know, inferior engineer, you know, things like that. But um, it's a good opportunity to learn how to formulate questions. It's a good opportunity to learn how to ask intelligent questions. Right. So, Hey, you know, I, I, got, I have this proposal here and I, you know, I think a couple, it like, Side A says, "I well, I have this proposal, and I, you know, I'm pretty sure it'll work, but you know, we'll see. Mm, not, not maybe you didn't make the most of that opportunity." Opportunity B says, "Hey, I've got this proposal here. I'm, you know, I think these three things are solid. These two things are a maybe, and here's three or four reasons why I think these are maybes, right? So now I'm thinking on a higher level. Now I'm, you know, I'm scrutinizing my own work for for the for the betterment of 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 learning and the project itself." but but at the same time you know i'm going to a senior or a colleague not even if it's a senior just a colleague with a well formed thought question details elaboration why okay Carl, why do you think this won't work why do you why, like you you thought that's a good design but why do you think it may not why do you think it be suboptimal why do you think it may not work why do you think it may not be resilient to um you know you know let's just say bam saturation or something like that right like you obviously have these thoughts but I didn't just go. Well, it should be good enough, right? I've I, I've got these. I want to be cautious about this. Let's talk this through with you know some some other minds. And but but it's fully thought through. It's fully formed. It's and you may be wrong, and you may be right. You may be half wrong. You may be half right. You know, the point is is that you've you've taken that extra step of critical thinking, applied it to that scenario, and made the most of an opportunity versus just saying well. You know, best practices says, and the documentation says this should work, so it should work, and that's that's the end of it, right? You know, go that yeah. next level. Yeah. Go that next level. That's awesome. Scrutinize your design. Scrutinize your implementation. You know what I mean? Lean on it theoretically and and practically if you can. You know, at deployment, make sure you think you know what you said is right is right.
0: <laughs> you got a lot there, right? You said lean on it. Um... Yeah, yeah, and make sure you know is uh, what you got there is right is right. I mean, that's what you just said, right? I um, no, I think that's great, great, great information to give back to everyone. Um, so, what about certifications, right? What about certifications? What would you recommend that a network engineer that's maybe starting out should go after?
1: Starting out, so so here's kind of like I, I've talked to people in the communities and stuff, and just kind of bouncing ideas around and. And I've taken a few things that were outside my focus or wheelhouse, and just to kind of see. So I, I kind of have this, you know, I I want to go into network engineering, but I'm like a day zero, right? Yeah. CompTIA ITF, which is like the IT fundamentals plus. Do that right. If you still want to do network engineering with an IT kind of, uh, or um, excuse me, IT with a network engineering focus, honestly. And, and this is like green, green, right? Like day four. ITF, good place to start. Go do the CCT route switch, the Cisco certified technician. It's still that lowest level, entry level uh, certification kind of aimed at field engineers. On your way to network engineer, you might end up as smart hands as a field engineer, as an on-site hands and eyes for uh, that are reliable, right? A data center where, you know, every port is a, is a, uh, an an ROI port and you can't afford to, well, I thought that was gig zero three, right? So you, now you're, now you're working up to this, um, uh, entry level kind of hardware, software, getting familiar with things with the CCT route switch. I love it. I still love this stuff. I want to keep going. Network engineer is the goal. Perfect. Probably network plus is a good precursor straight into the CCNA. Um, you know, it's just called the CCNA now. So, you know, I, I might go CCT route switch straight into network plus, then jump over to CCNA. Um, and at that point, honestly, you know, I think a lot of people want to jump straight to Encore. Um, if it were me and I was starting over today and I, you know, I just, I'm a newly minted CCNA. Um, honestly, I'd probably do the, the design specialization first. Yeah. Um, and then I might work towards a Narcy with an eye towards, you know, going encore, uh, third. That's, that's kind of how I see that train, you know, I I'm motioning with my hand, this bumpy kind of rocky, uh, path. Um, but that, that's just kind of in my recent experience in kind of talking to people and taking some of these exams, although I didn't, you know, I didn't need to take the CCT route switch. I didn't need to take the ITF plus from Comp I didn't need to take the network plus. But those are kind of things that I wanted on my own. Kind of wanted to explore. And you know, so that if you know someone like you, you know, gave me the opportunity to to ask that question and, and provide you know some insightful feedback, that you know, I'd have a good answer versus the canned. Uh, you know, um, do well. You can't do the CCENT anymore, so just do CCNA and then CCNP. You know, so that's kind of that's my that's my thoughtful answer.
0: (laughs) Well, I definitely think, and I've gotten it from a few people now that the um, end salad exam, right? And so yes, (laughs) the the design (laughs) exam, right? We call it the end salad exam. Um, Knox, I had Knox on the show a couple weeks ago, or maybe a month ago now. I don't know. Um. And he said the same thing. He he did the EN core, the encore EN one first. And mind what, uh, keep in mind, I have not done these exams right, so I don't. I know anything either. about I them. Haven't
1: either. Well, just just the EN salad and the VPN, the new VPN exam. That's the only two new ones I've taken. Uh, right. No course.
0: No course. All right. Well, um, I mean, and he was he did the EN core first, and then he did the EN salad one, and he was like, yeah, I did it backwards. I was like the design. Yeah. One, the design one should be first, and I was like, okay, well that makes sense to me. I mean, design should be first. Um, I knew
1: Knox was a smart guy. <laughs> I knew. He, I knew he'd see it my way.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, but just that's you know. So that's some validation there for everyone that's listening. That like this is you know maybe maybe design is important. Hmm?
1: Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah.
0: Um. All right. So I like the question. I like the answer, not the question. I asked the question. So, um, (laughs) hey, I'll make fun of myself every day. You know, make mistakes. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. So, um. Okay. So my last question to you is really more about like you know, what's what would what words of wisdom would you give someone that's starting out or already in the network engineering field altogether? You know, last words of wisdom, tips, tricks. You know, what does Carl
1: say? Hmm. I would say keep, keep good notes, you know, going back to the notepad thing, when you, when you see something, I mean, trust me, you'll find a doc somewhere and I promise you a week later, you'll never be able to find it. Um, You know, build your, build your database of links and build your notepads full of your, you know, experience with like the notes, like you said, with the, the, the catered sort of curated um, verbiage around, around those for context. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm not one to suggest job hopping is the wrong word. Look for opportunities that afford you the ability to have a lot of exposure to either different um, levels of engineering. And hopefully at the same time, maybe you can touch wireless and route switch and security and some of the software stuff and some of the operating system stuff and some VPN, like those roles, you know, they, they come with big companies, they come with small companies, but if you, you know, you feel pigeonholed, you feel like you do the same thing every day. I mean, the reality is is that there, there's jobs out there that afford you a lot of access and a lot of, you know, uh, lateral movement through technologies and platforms that I mean, man, you will like, You'll just you'll grow faster than you can you can even imagine. Uh, you know that that's been the the number one contributing factor to the trajectory of you know my learning and my careers that I've been afforded these opportunities to be in an environment with collaborative people, but also very wide portfolios as it pertains to technology. So don't shy away. You can't you know just dig in, embrace it, learn it. You know, it's not always easy, but, but if you, if, you know, if you can find one of those opportunities and, and get in there and make the most of it, man, you'll, you'll learn, you, you won't even turn off. You'll, you'll just keep learning and absorbing and, you know, so.
0: Well, that is outstanding. I love that. And I think
1: everyone else will too. Um, yeah. Where can everyone find you on the interwebs? So I am, I'm, I'm relatively, I don't know, quiet or, or whatever, but I guess at uh, so at twit on Twitter I'm at CF Zellers four Charlie Fox Z E L L E R S. Can give you the whole thing phonetically if you want, but no, no, it's fine. Uh, i the number money. four, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you know I'm on LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn I like to I like to promote you know visibility for people you know looking for opportunities and. Whether it's, you know, I'm looking for advice or, you know, I'm trying to point people in other people's direction for advice, like, uh, you know, and, and chatting sometimes with people you know, looking to come up. Hey, how did you get there? Hey, how'd you do this? That kind of stuff. So, um, not huge on the content creation stuff, but uh, I'm a big consumer, big fan of all my all my colleagues, friends, and peers. So... Yeah, that's, I'm out there on Twitter and LinkedIn for the most part.
0: All right, cool, cool. Hey, Carl, man, I appreciate you joining me today. It's been a pleasure. Um, thank you so much. And I'm going to wrap up the show, buddy.
1: Hey, yeah, man, it's been great. It's been great. Can't wait for the next time. Yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, I
0: will take you up on that. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> if you offer, you'll be back really soon. I promise you.
1: Yeah, man. But yeah, we'll catch you in the Discord and out there in the real world, man. Yeah, so. for sure.
0: For sure. Hey, friends, that's going to close out this episode of the ZigBits Network Design Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Really do appreciate it. If you want to check out the show notes for this episode, it will be zigbits.tech slash 77. That's 77. Um, yeah, we're at episode 77 today. That's crazy. Um, if you want to keep the conversation going with Carl, all of his contact information will be on the show notes page, uh, including the link to the a one discord channel where you can talk to him whenever you want, pretty much, because that's what I do. Um, (laughs) uh, other than that, uh, I appreciate you. Uh, Oh, one last thing I did forget. I'm starting to start to do this. Um, so I am still creating that network design course. I talked about, I don't know, three months ago now. If you want to get weekly updates on where I am with that network design course, you can go ahead and join the email list. It's zigbits.tech slash network design, all one word, no spaces, no hyphens, and you'll get automatically added to the email list. And I send out weekly updates on where I'm at, what's going on um, with the course. Again, the plan is to have the course fully done um, by February. So February, 2021. Uh, so if you want to get information on that, just go and hit that link. Um, and you'll be right into that email list and I'll let you know what's going on. And that's everything. So have a great night. Have a great day. Thank you all. And until next time, bye for now. Thanks, man. (laughs) Thanks, buddy.